0: You're listening to another episode of Living Well with Eisenhower Health. Healthcare as it should be. Here's Bill Klaproth. COPD and emphysema sufferers, we have good news for you. Eisenhower Health is the first hospital in Southern California to offer a new lung valve treatment for patients with severe COPD and or emphysema. It's called the Zephyr endobronchial valve. So let's learn more about it with Dr. Justin Thomas, an interventional pulmonologist at Eisenhower Health. Dr. Thomas, thank you for your time. So let's start here. What is the Zephyr endobronchial valve?
1: Well, thank you very much for having me on the show here, Bill. Um, The zephyr valve is a one-way valve that can be implanted in patients' airways to reduce uh, the lung volume uh, that builds up with a condition called COPD and emphysema. And uh, it uh, works to um, allow the air to escape. Out of the lung of inter- or the area of interest of lung and um, not allow air to go back into that segment uh, or lobe of lung.
0: So the problem is the lungs are filled, but they can't get air out of the lungs. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, so, you know, COPD is, is short for a chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, so it's the airways are obstructed, uh, and that's due to damage of the airways uh, due to primarily smoking here in the U.S. Um, there's, you know, exposure to air pollutants in the home and workplace, genetic factors, respiratory infections. These all also play a role in the development of COPD, Um, And COPD actually is, in fact, about the third leading cause of death in the US. These patients can develop what's called a dynamic hyperinflation. So the first thing they experience is the inability to get air out. So that's the obstructive part. But then once they get this hyperinflation uh, because of their airways being obstructed, the lungs sort of, they lose their elasticity uh, due to the destruction by the tobacco smoke and they develop this emphysema. And then the lung is unable to really empty itself of air completely. So air gets trapped in the lung. And what the, this does over time is causes the diaphragm to become distended and it becomes flat and it can't work as well as when it's relaxed in its normal sort of dome-shaped position. And so it's like if you and I were to take a, a really large, deep breath, And then try and breathe at the top of our lungs. This is what it's like for these patients to actually breathe on a breath by breath basis. So, the idea behind the valve is that you insert these uh, valves bronchoscopically, so with a small camera and scope under general anesthesia, Mm -hmm. and uh, they're implanted into areas that you identify prior to the test or prior to the bronchoscopy, as areas that are overinflated. And so you, you put these valves in, and those areas sort of collapse in on themselves and allow the better portion of the lung to expand and that diaphragm to go back to a, a better dome-shaped position.
0: Wow, this is fascinating. So where do you route the air with these valves, back into the airway or somewhere outside of the lung?
1: No, actually, they're all just within the airway. So it's just a one-way valve. So we, we implant anywhere from about three to five or maybe up to six valves uh, in a particular lobe, and we only treat one lobe. And so we go in through the airway, so down through the trachea, the major windpipe, up into the whichever side we go into. There's three lobes on the right. There's two lobes on the left. And so we target just one single lobe, and that's determined based on patient's CAT scan. Uh, and we do a quantitative CT analysis to determine really the best target. We also at the time of the test do a a balloon test which occludes the airway and we measure airflow because sometimes there could be communication between the different lobes uh, of air. So what we call collateral ventilation, and we test for that at the time of the, the placing the valves. Now, because if there is collateral flow, then the valves pretty much won't work. They won't work to allow that air to expel out of that lobe, because uh, the lobe will just fill right back up with air from from another lobe. And so we we test for that at the time, and they just expel air out back into the airway, um, the main airways, and the air just does not get back in because it's just a it's a single one-way valve. So it can escape, but it can't go back
0: in. So what are the main benefits of this procedure, then? Yeah.
1: So as far as benefits, um, the, one of the main benefits that we see is, and uh, what multiple trials have shown now, is anywhere from about a 18 to 30% improvement in lung function. And that's measured by, we, we measure lung function by breathing tests, or what we call pulmonary function tests, and what we measure is the FEV1, or the forced expiratory volume, in in one second. So the amount of air a person can blow out in one second is sort of a surrogate for their lung function. And there's an 18 to 30% improvement in that number in these patients. They can also walk farther, uh, so their exercise capacity is increased. In some of the studies, um, anywhere from 39 to 79 meters, and that's equivalent to about half to a full football field. Mm. Um, and their quality of life is also significantly improved as measured by different uh, what we call the St. George Respiratory a Quality of Life Questionnaire. In addition, they they have improvements in their scores. Um, in something called the the Bode index. That's the B O D E index, and that's sort of a measure of a patient's you know risk of dying from COPD. Mm-hmm. And actually, that that also improves uh, with the the use of the valves. Now, the the trials have not shown necessarily an improvement in mortality, but the trials have not been powered for that either. They've been fairly. Small trials, you know, less than 200 patients in these trials, uh, but large enough trials to determine that there is a significant improvement in breathing uh, and right. walking distance and uh, quality of life. So these patients actually kind of get a renewed hope on life uh, when it works well.
0: Right, which is really important. So, how about risks of the procedure?
1: There's about a, about a quarter of patients end up uh, having a collapsed lung, or what we will call a pneumothorax. So, when the lung reexpands, the good portion of the lung reexpands quickly due to the collapse of the bad lung. The uh, that lung can actually pop like a balloon, and that happens in about a quarter of patients, uh, 26% in some of the studies, um, and that typically is treated with a small bore chest tube. Um, for for a few days uh, potentially, um, sometimes longer than that, uh, sometimes shorter than that, maybe just a day or two. Um, and they, they do have to be watched in the hospital for the first three days after the procedure because of the risk of that is much higher the first three days. Um, and so the FDA has mandated that we, we do watch them overnight, three nights in the hospital.
0: All right, gotcha. So how long do these valves last?
1: Yeah. So hopefully the, the valves will last forever. They just stay in the patient. Um, right now, there's no indication that, that they really take them out on a sort of a routine basis. Um, they just stay in there and keep that, that portion of lung that we targeted collapsed. Um, unless there, of course, is some sort of complication, in which case we may need to go in and take out a valve or two. Um, but uh, no, they, they essentially stay in.
0: Mm, that's great. So people can't be active smokers with these valves, right? And then who would be a good candidate for this procedure?
1: Yeah, uh, well, that's correct. Uh, patients who are active smokers are not candidates for the procedure um, for a couple reasons. One, of course, they're going to continue to have uh, continued lung destruction from the smoking and the benefits they may get from the valves may be, you know, outweighed by the fact that they're continuing to smoke. Um, and the uh, potential airway um, reactivity to the valves, you know, when you're continuing to smoke and current smokers. So right now, uh, the recommendation is that patients be smoke-free for four months prior to consideration of the valves. Um, And as far as what patients uh, benefit from this, patients with severe COPD, uh, which is the chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, that's as measured by that FEV1 we talked about earlier, of 45% of predicted or less. Uh, Also, patients who have Evidence on their uh, breathing tests of significant air trapping, like we talked about earlier. And also, they have to have severe emphysema. And that's determined by a CAT scan. So there's there are there's quite a bit of criteria that patients have to go through and meet. So not everybody with COPD or not everybody with emphysema are candidates. But if they are interested in that, they should certainly talk to their doctor about it. And uh, uh, if they have a pulmonologist uh, or they're just their primary doctor can can always give us a call here and uh, we can we can review the case and see if they may be a candidate.
0: Right. And then where is the Zephyr valve procedure available?
1: Uh, well, here in the desert, I am Neil only one that's doing this here at Eisenhower uh, here in the desert and uh, there are a few other centers here um, that are looking to start here in Southern California I was the first to start here in Southern California but there are others uh, I believe UCSD University of California uh, San Diego uh, USC uh, University of Southern California Uh, Loma Linda I believe is looking at starting uh, to do these uh, but have not yet uh, so there's there's about three, maybe four centers in Southern California here who are doing it. So there's not not many places doing it uh, as of yet. It actually was just approved last year, and so and there's a lot of a lot of stuff you have to go through to to not only just get the training, but getting your your program set up to be able to support um, such a program uh, does take some time and effort.
0: Well, this is really good news for people suffering from COPD or emphysema. Dr. Thomas, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, Thank you, Bill. I appreciate you having me on the show. That's Dr. Justin Thomas, an interventional pulmonologist at Eisenhower Health. And to learn more about the Zephyr procedure, you can speak with your primary care physician or contact the Eisenhower Pulmonary and Critical Care Clinic at 760 834 3564. That's 760-834-3564. And if you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels and be sure to check the entire podcast library for topics of interest to you. This is Living Well with Eisenhower Health. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.